It's another Sunday night in comedy, and it is festival season. Now, of course, festival season might look a little different this year, but of course, the show must go on. It is just for last time, and this year, the world's biggest comedy festival is going digital in the days of COVID. Tonight, we're featuring a rookie and a pro, both taking on this new form of the festival this year. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. You're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row, it's probably fine. Or, in this case, even if you're sitting at home watching the world's biggest comedy festival stream online, it's probably fine. <laughs> Hakeem Optical will help you see it more clearly. It is, of course, just for laughs time, the biggest comedy festival on the planet. Certainly the biggest comedy event here in Canada is back. It's going digital. We're in a different time. We are in the days of COVID. Uh, we are here recording remotely at Casa di Tedesco, somewhere in Toronto. I'm here with our producer, Vince Tedesco. How are you doing, buddy? Doing well. So normally this uh, JFL eats up our whole summer. It's the biggest comedy event on the map every year for us here in Canada. And really, I mean, across the globe. Comics from all over the U.S. and everywhere flock to this festival. Of course, everything went on pause this year. We've been talking about that for months. Everything got shaken up. The live shows are coming back. And now finally, Just for Laughs is back, but it's taken on a bit of a new form this year. Yeah, it's eating up our fall. It's eating up our fall schedule. And it's all digital. They're yeah. streaming everything. Works for Thanksgiving. There you go. <laughs> and normally this time of year, so we were doing last year was like sort of our nod to tip, which would normally be happening. The yeah. whole summer's normally Montreal gets swept up by JFL Festival. And of course, right now in Toronto, we would normally be in the thick of JFL 42. Right. Which again, COVID. Right. <laughs> Everything got COVID dead. Damn you, COVID, damn you. Go, Corona, Corona, go. If you don't know what that is, look at a folks, that was a viral video. COVID's still here, but comedy is not going anywhere either. Uh, so tonight, Vince, kicking off the festival, we have uh, Juliana Rodriguez, who is a newer comic, but with some serious chops and quite, lately quite a impressive gig sheet. Uh, last time she joined us was in studio pre-COVID. When the, anybody joined us in studio. <laughs> the world was different. Comedy was different. And of course, we have returning guest Deanne Smith, who we always love talking to. Woo! Definitely no stranger to the Just for Laughs Festival. Uh, she came up in Montreal and, of course, was a regular favorite at that festival. And we've seen her all over late night television, which we'll get into about with her touring all over the map. Now she's based in L.A. And, of course, we're going to find out what all of this sort of new world of comedy is like for her career. So we have a rookie. We have a pro. It's JFL time, baby. Welcome back, JFL. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And, of course, coast to coast, Canada wide on the Global News Radio Network, if you happen to have K-Internet which it's COVID and everybody's mostly stuck at home. So I really hope you do. It is of course, JFL time. The festival is back. There were some minor delays due to a, a slight uh, a global pandemic, but now the festival is back. The biggest comedy festival on the planet. And this year it is going digital. It is streaming, bringing in some of the biggest names in comedy and also some rising stars, including who we have on the line right now, Juliana Rodriguez. How are you doing? Hey guys, how are you? 
We're good. So last time uh, we were talking before the show, last time we saw you and spoke to you was, of course, in decidedly different times when we were in studio and everybody was bright eyed and bushy tailed and you had all these exciting gigs coming up and comedy was just trucking along for you. Now, of course, you're, you're doing the festival now. But what has this whole I mean, from when we spoke to you, which was probably about a year ago up until now, everything sort of went on pause and everything got turned upside down. What, what has this time been like for you as somebody who is used to going out and hitting stage every night and, and honing that career? Uh, yeah, to be honest, uh, not much has changed. Like my social life is exactly the same. Um, <laughs> like that's probably the only part of my life that has changed is that uh, I can't do comedy anymore. Like in, in, you know, at comedy bar or, at clubs or whatever, but everything else is exactly like how it was before the pandemic. So I'm glad that it didn't hit me too hard. Well, that's good. You're an old soul. That means because I am in my mid to late thirties. And one thing during COVID where everybody was like stressing about, I can't see my friends and all that. For me, it was like, well, I, I, for me, canceling plans with friends, that's something I thrive at to begin with. So this just made that so much easier. Exactly. It finally gives us a valid excuse to just not show up anywhere. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fantastic. But yeah, before I would be like, yeah, I'm not going to go to this party because I just feel anxious. And now you can say that and people are like, oh, yeah, we totally understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That part (laughs) of it's good. I should I should clarify nothing in general. COVID's not uh, good at all. But uh, that part of it was good. But anyways, were you one of those? Now that we're seeing so, obviously, the last couple of months, we've been talking to comics all over Canada, all over the U.S., everywhere, about what are you doing during this? What has this been like? Has this been a writing time for you? Are you just dining it back on stage? Now, in the last few weeks, we're starting to see, obviously, Comedy Bar reopening is a huge thing for the comedy scene in Toronto and just for the community in general. And we're Mm -hmm. starting to see, you know, live shows come back and festivals like JFL are coming back in a different way, of course, but they're figuring out ways around this. Were you one of those comics that was just sitting there pacing around going like, I got to get back on stage. I got to get back on stage. Or did you sort of use that as a time to just get out of that hustle and sort of unwind and just like live life again a little bit? You know, it's um, I think for uh, a lot of comedians, probably, I feel like comedy is a great way to distract you from the things that are going on in your day to day life. And that's certainly what it was like for me. Uh, so there was a lot of, um, writing that happened, just like different writing because I was like, well, stand up isn't happening. So I may as well just try to expand other skills. Yeah. I did that. And yeah, there was a lot of pacing around trying to get back on stage because I was like, I'm not ready to deal with real life. Um, I'm not ready to be introspective at all. And I definitely don't want to work on myself. So definitely get (laughs) get me back on stage. Uh, girl, yeah, yeah, never, never changed for it. But for you, I mean, so normally if this was, you know, the regular comedy season, which obviously it very much is not, but JFL is one of those benchmark things on the calendar every year that every comic is vying for it and comics who get it, you'll see them out at every mic, just honing that set, honing that set, just obsessively working towards it. For you, now you get this opportunity to be a part of the festival and you're going to go and open for John Doerr and it's this huge obviously like a a big credit for you and a big opportunity. Is it strange jumping into this big thing where normally you probably would be out, you know, working it out leading up to that and hitting mics. There's not as much of that right now, obviously. So is it a different sort of feeling going into that? 
Yeah, it's um, definitely a little bit nerve wracking because obviously the dust off like as much as possible. Um, Definitely. I mean, I'm thankful that I wasn't, you know, completely not doing comedy. Like as soon as it started to come back, I was doing the shows that I was able to do. So I kind of got the rust off a little bit earlier. Um, But I'm sure there are some comedians that are probably just, you know, coming back from wherever they were in quarantine and are having to do this taping. And I can imagine that would be very stressful for all of us. So, I mean, sorry to answer your question. Yes, I'm stressed out about that. And uh, a lot of comedians are probably a little bit stressed out about that too. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's like that for everybody. I mean, we were talking to a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to the, some of the second city cast and now their season is starting up again. So all of the stuff they've been writing and all of the stuff they've been rehearsing together has obviously been, over Zoom. So they have to go and open this main stage show and kick off this new season after being closed for so long. And nobody in the cast has actually physically been in the same room together. And they yeah. won't be until curtains, until opening night, which is crazy. So, I mean, for yeah. stand-ups, it, it's the same sort of thing. It's like you, you're, you've almost been in this like state of hibernation for the last five months. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, here's this massive gig that you've been working towards for years just go do that now (laughs) exactly yeah um I do think that like I'm prepared for it just because I I haven't put any material on tv yet so I trust that my best material is gonna hopefully work well because you know I'm not uh, shuffling around trying to like get my stuff together at the last minute thankfully so at least I'm kind of that's my crutch going into this. Um, and tonight, I know this episode is probably going to air later, but we do have a warm-up show at Comedy Bar, so there's that as well for everybody to get their ducks in a row. Yeah, you definitely do need that. And for you, I mean, you know, talking to a lot of comics, obviously as a stand-up, you have to, you're writing and you have to constantly be going on stage and working that stuff out, but it's also a double-edged sword because you can't really generate new material and have something new to go and try out and say if you aren't... <clears throat> living life off stage as well. So for yeah. you, was this whole downtime sort of a chance to think of stuff that you might want to try out when you come back? Obviously you have your bank sort of solid honed material that you've been working on all these past years that you're going to bring to this JFL taping. But is this also giving you a chance to sort of think of some new stuff that you'd like to tackle? Yeah, I guess some new stuff I'd like to maybe do. Like I, I hate physical comedy um so i'm my next goal is to have like one act out in in my act like if i could just do one <laughs> act out then i would i'll be happy but i i have yet to find one that works so i'm just like practicing in the mirror some different movements and maybe we can get something going in the new year just start coughing on the audience juliana yeah yeah, there you go. Just yeah. one visit, like a slide across stage or something that you can. Because I mean, I remember probably even before before you came along in Toronto, there was this like entire decade of the shoulders up and down was like the thing that every comic was doing, just like right guys and like shoulders oh. up and down. And every show you would go to, it's like that's what. <laughs> I don't oh, know who first God. came up with that. I have a few theories, but it picked up and everybody was doing that. So maybe Juliana, you could start off the next thing like that. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I am definitely jealous, though, of comedians that have, like, solid act outs in their, in their act. To do, like, so. unnecessary dabs or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
right. gonna put a guitar behind me and then just not use it and just have the audience think that I'm gonna use it and then never use it and then just pick it up when I leave stage. Gosh, at the end of your set. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're gonna come back with more Juliana Rodriguez and more JFL. It's going digital, but it's back, baby. We'll be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, my name is Kira Williams, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Your eyes can have it all, except for a COVID vaccine. That's the only thing. You can have it all except for that, but they're working on it. President Trump says that. But anyways, it is JFL time. It is back. We've been waiting so long. Festival season has almost passed us by, but JFL is back. It's going digital. It's streaming. Some of the best and brightest names in comedy, including our very own Juliana Rodriguez on the line right now. How are you doing, Juliana? I'm good, guys. So we were talking before the break about just what this whole down period has been like for you as a comic, what sort of stuff you've been working on or avoiding working on for you. I do have to ask because we were talking before the break about, you know, how the second city cast had opened up this new season and they don't get to rehearse together and all, all that stuff for you. I mean, you've been at this a few years now. You, you started very young. That's something we talked about on the show last time and something you're obviously you talk about on stage getting, getting a festival like JFL. I mean, that's something that comics all over the continent are vying for through their entire careers. Like that never stops being a big gig to land. And that never stops being a huge part of the calendar for every working comic. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, I don't ripped off would be the wrong word because you can't do anything about it, but is it, does it feel different for you? Like having this opportunity to, to do this taping and to be a part of this festival and get that credit next to your name. But it's like, Oh man, but it's not the same as it normally is. Now I'm doing this during this weird year like does it feel different for you does it feel like less of a get for you or no you know what the thing is is uh i don't think even next year we're not going to be like packing theaters and it's not going to be like full force like how it was last year and i think it's probably going to be like that for at least two two or three years i mean it's going to be like that for a while so I uh, I just think it's the beginning of a new format. And uh, for me, it doesn't take away from the experience at all. I mean, I'm performing with people that I used to look up to. Like, I think Deborah Giovanni is on my show, which is just insane. Because when I was like 12 years old, I would watch her on video on trial. And I would like go to school and talk about her and like quote her and get other people to watch the show for her. And it's like, it's just this crazy kind of full circle moment for me. I mean, it probably sounds super lame and I probably sound like such a dork, but I'm, I'm really excited to see her and hopefully maybe get to talk to her with our masks on and six feet apart. Yeah, no, it is totally true. And I mean, that's the thing that, and I think especially in Canadian comedy, that's the thing that really can never go away is because yeah, the, those very select few sort of household names in Canadian comedy that every generation grew up watching that doesn't really go away. And Jeff is a huge part of that. I mean, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was like the K Trebs and the Arthur Simeons and whoever people who'd be like, Oh man, I remember watching Mike McDonald on TV and I always wanted to be a standup. So it's still the same thing as that. And I think you're right too. I think we're not, I don't think we're ever going to go back to whatever life was before this. I think it'll just be sort of a new augmented version of what comedy looks like. And I think digital streaming is going to play a bigger part in that coming out of this. I don't think that's going away now. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think so either. And um, I, I'm not sure. Do you know if they're streaming the show itself? Because I'm actually uh, not completely sure about that. <laughs> no, me neither. No, no, no. Like JFL, JFL, they're streaming. The Montreal Fest, I think they're doing online. But I think my taping, I think they're also streaming online. Anyway, but yeah, it's a it's a new format that I think is just going to go on for longer than we anticipate. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the new norm now. And I think in a weird way, I mean, Canadian comics, the lifelong struggle was always like, go do the big festivals in Canada, you know, climb your way through the ranks in Toronto or Vancouver, or wherever you happen to be based, and then get those credits and then move to the States. Because Canadian comics were never able to figure out how do I get to do this and also reach out to a bigger audience? Because we all know Canadian audiences, for the most part, don't really pay attention to Canadians until you go stateside and make a name. And then they go, oh, yeah, that's my, they're Canadian, though. Like, they recall yeah. them after that. I think in a weird way, during COVID, people were forced onto new platforms like Zoom and TikTok and doing comedy streaming on social media. I think it was almost this weird way where a lot of career comics who have been at this a long time finally figured out, oh, I just automatically reached out to a global audience now. People in the States and people in Australia and people in the UK are now watching my stuff. And I have this whole new fan base that I really didn't know how to access before. Yeah, that's, it's true. And it's so wild, but I, um, I still, for some reason, frown upon people doing like sketches and stuff online <laughs> for some reason. Like, I still think it's so lame, but it's totally not. And it, I can completely understand why people do it. Um, but even during a global pandemic, like there's absolutely nothing that is going to force me to start doing sketches on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But I mean, even I mean, the last few years, even like going back three, four years ago, I remember talking to Gary from Comedy Bar and a few other people about this. Like you started seeing festivals like JFL 42 and some other big festivals booking some of the gala shows and booking some of the featured headliners as not even necessarily stand-up comics, it was YouTubers that had, because they had, you know, 2 million subscribers and all these hits on their channels, or, or like actors who just wanted to come out and basically tell stories on stage for an hour. The festival started going, this is a way to bring in a different audience that is just sitting out there in the wings that isn't maybe necessarily even tuned into what's happening in the stand-up world. So we did talk to a lot of comics and, and comics from sort of every walk of life. We've talked to comics who have been around for a couple of years. We've talked to comics who have been doing this for decades. Even Jim Gaffigan was talking about this. Everybody collectively in the comedy world was in the same boat where it's like, obviously everything is on pause. I just have to figure out a way to not just keep working, but actually just keep on having that outlet. And everybody ended up doing these weird pop-up shows and these online uncomfortable sometimes streaming shows. Was there anything like that for you? Did you do any strange gigs during COVID where you were just like, what am, what am I doing right now? Yeah. You know what? I did not. I did not. Thankfully, just because um, I got like secondhand embarrassment from like seeing some of the promotions <laughs> for it. And again, totally justified, totally like this new exciting thing that I think more people should do, but just not for me. Yeah. Um, just because the formats were not like, like it was just you talking like it was, it was less of like going, like doing jokes than it is like yeah. you actually just having a conversation. It it yeah. had this very much like early 2000s video blog feel to some of it where it's just like, hey guys. Yeah. Hey guys. <laughs> you know, dog they, sitting on yeah, the floor. It's like this whole mess. Then you're just watching emojis pop up and that's like, I, don't, I wonder what a heckle emoji is. But anyways, 
it's almost maybe we'll find maybe we'll enter into this weird world by like a year from now where where comedy and ASMR have completely like fused together. So it'll just be somebody whispering jokes to you and playing with a xylophone or something. Comedy will be way more soothing. Like I I completely understand why. And I mean, it, it goes for everybody. I mean, American late hosts, and we're getting into this later with the Ann Smith, but American late hosts were doing the same thing. Like you got like Jimmy Fallon and Bill Maher, like doing shows from their living room and all that, because everybody was in the same, everybody was in the same position. But I think that not necessarily everything needed to carry over to that. Like you were yeah. seeing a lot of like, brand brand new open mics all of a sudden be streamed online and it really had this feel of like that one kid at the swimming lesson who's on the diving board be like mom and dad look at me mom and dad look at me mom and dad. you know like dude yeah is this really an essential service right now totally definitely just watching comedians do new jokes online it's it just feels like an invasion of privacy really it's like i leave my house to deal with it i don't want to see that in the comfort of my own home. This is, this is my safe haven. So what about for you? I mean, if you, let's, let's say everything, like obviously JFL is going digital this year, everything's sort of like working with the rules that we have to work with and just the circumstances. Let's say everything cracked wide open again tomorrow. Every show was live again. Everything was back to it. For you, what would be, I mean, JFL is a huge feather in the cap for everybody, not just somebody who's been at this for a few years, but I mean, comics who have been at this for 20, 30 years are still, they're, they need that gig every year on their calendar. For you, what would be the next big thing? What's like another big landmark gig for you that you've always sort of been working towards? Um, I would love to get the opportunity to maybe open for somebody on the road and do like those exciting, fun theater gigs. I think that's like something that everybody obviously wants to do. Um, and yeah, I guess that would be something that I'm working towards is, well, I mean, can you really work towards that? I think it's just something that happens. Like if you have chemistry with another comedian who's going on the road and you guys do a theater tour together, but, or maybe I'll put together my own theater tour with some friends and just kind of hit the road. And I mean, there's certain comics that like you look up to, or there's certain comics that stumble across your stuff or happen to catch you live at a show and go, Oh man, this, this, this newer comic has something. I want them on my show. I mean, how did this whole John Dorr thing come, come to play? Um, I literally just got an email. I just got an email with the offer and that was it. But I have been show like I showcased, um, when, obviously before the pandemic happened last year and, um, yeah, it seems like maybe they made some decisions based off that. Wow. By all accounts, I have to say after like four or five months of just checking in with comics, literally all over the world, you seem to have had one of the smoother COVID in comedy is what I will say. There's a lot of comics that are so just glued to that lifestyle of there is nothing but the grind and the hustle. And you know, the comics, you hit open mics with these comics all the time where they're like, mm -hmm. these are the same people who constantly come up to you backstage and be like, I did 25 sets this week. You right. Know, the and then their comes. breath smells disgusting and, yeah. um, <laughs> and they haven't showered in four yeah. years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, comedy is my life as it is like any other comedian. But I think that, you know, you have to kind of live some sort of life worth commenting on. So I, I have been trying to find a balance between the two. Yeah, and I think one thing that I always found interesting about you, not just I mean, obviously, it was obvious to everybody starting out so early. And from the get go, you obviously had that sense of it, you had those chops 
very early on. Everybody who caught you on stage saw that. But one thing that always stood out about you as well to me was that you do have this very sort of calm and collected and measured approach to it. You, I think you treated comedy like you want it to be your job because that is the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And a little bit of OCD. There's that, that as well, too. Throw that in the bag, and then, yeah, and then that maybe makes sense. I think that's it, too, because I think a lot of, you know, there's been some comics we've talked to during this whole thing where it's like they're completely adrift because they don't know anything other than running all over the city and, you know, doing, they all, they all like have that stupid 10,000 hours quote tattooed on their body and they're, they're telling you how many sets they did. And like, it's like all they know. But I think during something like this, you have to have that opportunity to step back and go, well, okay, I can write some new stuff. I can figure out how I am going to come back when this stuff does and just sort of restructure that life balance. Cause you can't control this anyways. Exactly. I think this uh, maybe has, people who had a little bit of an unhealthy relationship with comedy um, maybe settle their nerves a little bit to be like, oh, there are some things that are out of my control. So lay low and then get back to it when I can. That's exactly it. Juliana Rodriguez, before we let you go, so what are all the details of what exactly is happening with this streaming show at JFL, where people can find your stuff and all that? Yeah, so uh, the show is Wednesday, 10 p.m. at the Crows Theater. I'm pretty sure tickets are sold out. I'm not sure where they're advertising them, to be honest with you, but I'm sure there's a link somewhere out there. Um, as If they're streaming it as well, I'm not sure what platform they're streaming it on. Probably some JFL42 thing. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Juliana underscore Juliana and on Twitter at underscore Juliana. Awesome. Well, Juliana, thank you so much. And also, huge congrats on getting this. It's definitely well-deserved and it's just nice to see comics like yourself be able to get back out there and get back to doing what you're doing and and to see of course this festival coming back it's a little different this year but it's also jfl always has a lot of tricks up their sleeve the lineups are fantastic so it's nice to just see everything coming back in a different way stay safe stay funny and glad to see you back out there doing what you do well thanks for having me you guys thank you we'll talk to you later see you guys we'll be right back on global news radio 640 toronto Hey, this is not Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And it is, of course, JFL season again, finally, kind of. Everything got pushed back due to a a slight, there's a slight pandemic uh, going on everywhere. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, But of course, the world's biggest comedy festival has returned, albeit in a different form. Everything is going online this year, but it's so good to finally see some of the best and brightest in comedy finally, after so long, get back to doing what they do best. Live stuff happening again. Everything's a little bit different, but it's happening again. And of course, we have no stranger to that festival and to this show, who we haven't talked to in a while. Deanne Smith is with us out in L.A. Deanne, how are you doing? I'm good. I mean, that does feel like a loaded question these days. The sky is mildly on fire here in California, but overall, good. How are you? Well, that's what I really wanted to ask, because we didn't I I didn't realize that you had relocated out to L.A. because we've had you on the show a number of times over the years, always just checking into what you're up to next. And of course, you came up in Montreal. You are definitely no stranger to that festival and to Canadian audiences. But I mean, yeah, every every time we talk to over these last few months, every time we check in with different comics out in LA, like something new is happening. So now it's like election, <laughs> pandemic, protests, 
everything is literally and figuratively on fire. So, like, actually, how are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm. I am. I am quite well, actually, and relatively, relatively well. If this time has taught us nothing else, I think it's to count count our blessings. But it does feel like a weird a weird time to be in the U.S. That's for sure. And I mean, a weird. Um, we get to ex- oh, I was just going to say we got to experience an earthquake the other night as well. Um, so funny. I had a friend in L.A. who was just kind of like, "Can we not rest?" <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> it is true. I mean, it's and it's. I mean, that is that that's the place where so many Canadian comics are like, that's their whole MO is like, I have to get these festival credits. I have to get all my paperwork in order. And that's where I'm going. I have to make it to LA. And we've checked in with so many of our own Canadian comics based out there now. And kind of, they feel like they're like lampooned out there now. Cause it's like all this stuff going on around them. But I mean, for you, so we've been talking to a lot of comics in the last couple of months and even Juliana Rodriguez, who was just on with us. There's a lot of comics who are relatively newer at this and who are just getting a chance to do these bigger gigs like JFL and stuff like that who don't know any other version of it really. Cause this is their first shot at that for you. I mean, you've been at this a long time. You're no stranger to a lot of things that are completely either on hold or different right now. I mean, American late night television, you've gone and done that circuit. You've toured all over the globe. You've you're a regular fixture at JFL for you. I mean, how surreal is all this watching this stuff that normally is just such a part of your working calendar every year and everything is either on pause or completely different now. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is interesting. Everything has absolutely turned upside down. I mean, there's the, you know, in terms of on pause or just life being really interrupted, there's of course, like, uh, you know, all the work that we're all not doing right now because it's all kind of on, on pause as well as, you know, I shed a tear saying goodbye to all the work that I had lined up that was like just overnight gone. Um, so that's, that's been a real trip, but you know, the only way, the only way really is is to adapt and and figure out what comes next. So there has definitely been plenty of time, if nothing else, to kind of, you know, go inward and reflect and and see what the next moves should be. Um, you know, and and half of comedy, if not more, is is the is the writing part and is the being with yourself and figuring out what's funny and what you want to say. So that hasn't been taken away from us. Um, just some of the some of the outlets and venues in which we would we would get up and share those things. But it's all still possible, you know. Like as you know, the Just for Last Festival is moving virtual this year. People are are popping up virtual shows here and there. Um, which I was I was kind of reluctant to do at first. I didn't think it would be the same because my whole thing is like I just love connecting with people in the room. I love making every show different and being improvisational. And I didn't know that that would be so possible via screens. Uh, but I find that it is. It's just kind of in a in a new way. Well, and it's such I mean, for you as being, you know, a, a former Montrealer as well. And of course, a comic who was regularly at that festival here in Toronto when we have JFL 42 in the fall. It's it's a totally different animal. You almost wouldn't know the festival's happening unless you are going to it, unless you're a comedy fan. Whereas in Montreal, it is a massive cultural event that's such a part of the fabric at this point of that city. I mean, that's that's Montreal's Mardi Gras. It, it, it sweeps the entire city. I mean, how much do you think that that sort of changes the flavor of what that city is like right now? Because it's just all of a sudden this massive gap in the year that's just gone. Yeah, and you know, I, I you know, I wasn't there on the ground to really see it. I saw some people posted they you know, they did some drive drive in type of shows and a few outdoor things, but I'm sure it was 
I'm sure there was definitely, as you said, a gap in the city. It's a huge part of like the celebration of of Canada comedy and and what it is to be in Montreal. That the Montreal summer is just packed with festivals, and and just for us is a huge part of that. But yeah. anybody that wasn't able to go to Montreal can go to the virtual festival now that's happening in um, October. I think it's it's free and accessible to everybody. So. Um, that's at least an offering for anybody who missed out on the on the Montreal Festival this year. It really is. And I mean, that's definitely the silver lining is that it's JFL. They always put on something larger and more elaborate absolutely every year. So this year, things have to go digital just because it's the times we're currently trapped in. But it still doesn't make it any less of a festival. They're still bringing in the same level of talent. They're still curating the whole thing. We're going to come back with more Deanne Smith out in L.A. We'll be back with more inside jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, my name is Elvira Kurt, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. It's the first time I haven't been interrupted. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast, Canada wide and beyond on the Global News Radio Network. We have, of course, comedian Deanne Smith out in L.A. Uh, JFL is back this October. It's streaming. It's digital. Deanne is, of course, no stranger to that festival. One thing I was curious to pick your brain on also, Deanne, I mean, for you, obviously that festival was always such a huge get for comics. And it still is. I mean, that's a career long thing. You always want that as part of your as part of your year as a working comic and just because it's sort of like it's summer camp for working comedians it's that's where everybody wants to flock to in the summer when it is happening for you i mean another part of your career has been late night television going and doing sets on american late night that has always been such a huge sort of career signifier for comics traditionally do you do you think that sort of element of comedy is going to come back after this? I mean, do you think, because we're, we're entering a world right now, even if let's say COVID wasn't happening, where network television is kind of in its twilight years in a way, it's kind of fading out. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's what is part of, as much part of the comedian's sort of arsenal now as it used to be? Yeah, listen, I don't really know, but just as a, as a person in the world observing um, how comedy works these days, I think, I think for years, even before the pandemic, um, you know, the gatekeepers haven't had nearly as much power as they used to. And, and late night would have been one of those things. Even a festival invitation doesn't have quite as much power as it used to because, the, you know, the, now I'm starting to sound like really communist. I was about to say the means of production are in the hands of the people. Um, but they are. Um, you know, it's so easy for, for talented comics, especially young kids that are like really tech savvy, to create something really fun and funny and get it out there and get eyes on it. You know, I'm thinking of so many comics that put out little digital shorts or little little sketches, you know, like Meg Stalter or Alyssa Limperis, and who have made huge names for themselves um, just by creating little videos on their phones. So I think, I think late night, I mean, uh, of course, it still means something to people, but I think it, it means less and less as it's not so difficult for people to get their material out in front of the public anymore. It's so true. And I mean, even in the last few years, there's definitely been a change in that. I mean, you look at the way festivals across this country have been booked the last few years. They started paying attention to what what indie shows were happening and what little festivals and tours people were building themselves and what people were building their own followings. And they, and they like you said, the gatekeepers started looking at that and going, 
okay, we have to tap into this. We have to book these people on these festivals because that's where the audience is. We have to adapt with this. Even you look at the stuff that CBC and CBC Jam and comedy and all that stuff has been producing. It's all local comics producing their own content that built their own audience. And now the, the powers that be sort of had to follow suit. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's exciting, you know, with every kind of crisis, and I think we can definitely call the pandemic a crisis, um, there, there are opportunities and possibly like a shift to, to digital productions or, or um, you know, things becoming more kind of egalitarian uh, could be a possible um, opportunity here for all kinds of comics and all kinds of people. It's totally true. And I mean, it's, it's been a couple of weeks since we've, we've checked in with, with comics out in L.A., so here in Canada, of course, festivals like JFL are coming back, but they're going digital, they're streaming. But live shows are starting to happen again, too. I mean, here in Toronto, a big thing for the community was Comedy Bar finally reopening a couple of weeks ago. What's it looking like out in L.A.? Like, are live things starting to happen again? Are people going out to that again? Or is it still completely shut down? It's it's pretty much completely shut down. I mean, there are the odd backyard shows here and there, but it's interesting, um, you know, Throughout the rest of the year, L.A. has so many outdoor shows. That's just kind of part of the fabric of the stand-up life here. Um, and yet everything, everything is shut down during the pandemic. Um, you know, gosh, I was, I was here like getting ready to theorize why, and I'm not really sure. But, um, but for the most part, yeah, everything's, everything has just moved online. Well, and I mean, and, and again, that's not a permanent thing. One thing that's interesting, I mean, we were talking earlier on in the pandemic, we were talking to Deborah DiGiovanni, of course, also out in L.A., been working out in L.A. for years. And a few other Canadian comics in New York and L.A. and Chicago and, and all over the place that said, you know, this whole thing, this whole COVID crisis, as you said, that's happening really made them look back on Canada and have this sort of renewed sense of patriotism that didn't exist before. They just had this homesickness that they didn't really feel before because they were always just focused on career. And now it made them oh, look wow. at you know, what life is like back home and go, oh, yeah, I missed that. <laughs> See, that is really interesting to me because I am American. A lot of people didn't realize that. Like, I've yeah. I've always had that American citizenship in my back pocket, and I have stayed in Canada for so long doing comedy because I love Canada and believed in it. Um, and uh, you and nobody really know, knew I moved to L.A. because I didn't know how long I would stay. You know, I'm always traveling. So um, I'm... I'm happy to hear that, that Canadian comics are valuing Canada as, as much as I feel like I always have as, as a bit of an outsider. Um, and I can tell you what, I will be back before these U.S. elections, back home safe. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody, even if from a, from a masked distance. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as, the, as the, the observant neighbor, I mean, we're just sort of watching all of these. There's just so many things happening at once in the States. We're just watching all this stuff just hoping for the best. And I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we want those borders open and we want American comics and Canadian comics to be able to go back and forth. And we want those audiences back too. But right now everyone's just sort of in play it safe mode. Yeah. And you know what? We at least have the opportunity to gather virtually. So you probably have the details in front of you that I don't, but I would, I would encourage people to check out what Just for Last is doing for us in October, where we can all kind of get together and, and have some levity. Absolutely. And again, it's 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 what JFL does best. It's bringing together acts from all over the continent and bringing together sort of the best and brightest in comedy right now and giving people a new festival than there's been previous years. So there is that upside to it for sure, because it's going to be something completely new and different we haven't seen from them. And they always pull out all the stops. Deanne Smith, 
uh, we look forward to hearing you get back on stage sooner rather than later. And also, uh, before we let you go, so of course people can check this out happening in October. And where can people find your stuff online? Oh my gosh. Um, you could go to dnsmith.com, but you know, I'm still not great at that website. So look, just Google my name, Dan Smith. You'll find me. Dan underscore Smith on Twitter, Dan underscore Smith on Instagram. Um, but I'm, I'm the most popular Dan Smith there is. So if you Google it, you'll definitely find something. <laughs> Everybody definitely go check out Dan Smith. Yeah. Google it. Just Google it. Uh, of course we're Google so glad it. to see you all coming back and see what they'll do differently this year. And just, finally seeing comics like yourself getting back to doing what you do despite the circumstances. Deanne, thank you so much. We hope you stay safe. Thanks for and me. Thank you. See you live on stage at some point back here in Toronto and just getting back to doing what you do best. Yes, all of us. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. That's our show. Thank you again to our panel, Juliana Rodriguez here in Toronto, and of course, Deanne Smith out in L.A., and JFL is back. Don't forget to check that out. It's back. It's online. The world's biggest festival. And don't forget, you can check out all of our episodes from season five right back to the beginning on Global News Online. That's our show. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Deanne Smith. I love this place. This place is a liberal utopia. Do you want to know how I immigrated here? I got into Montreal in 2006 by gay marrying a Mexican. What? In 2006, you couldn't even gay marry a Mexican to get into Mexico. Do you understand how amazing this place is? Do you want to know why the Mexican came here? You're not even ready for this. The Mexican got into Montreal because she wanted to go to mime school. Mime school, le col de mime. I'm telling you that in order to legally get into Montreal, I gay married a Mexican mime. That's what's going on here. How good is this place? It's so good. In 2006, I got gay married. In 2007, I got gay divorced. Now, don't feel bad, I'm proud of it. Do you understand how cutting edge that is? How many people do you know even today that are gay divorced? I'm blazing a trail for my people, what I like to do. I like to take a right. Not everybody in the world has. Use it, spit on it, throw it away. <laughs> <laughs>